Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to this, our first episode of The Boundless Show in 2023. This is Lisa Anderson. And as I always do and will do here, here is what's coming up on the show. Later on for our inbox, we have a listener who has been asked out by a guy, but she doesn't really like him and so is planning to give him a chance, but is already wondering, how do I politely tell him no if he asks me out again? And so uh, she needs to figure that out. One of our counselors will weigh in on that. And then for our culture segment, podcast host Janine Amapola joins us. She's going to talk about recovering from a breakup. Uh, She's the host of the Happy and Healthy podcast. Many of you are familiar with that. So that's coming up later on. Okay, our roundtable, first one of the year, and Happy New Year uh, to all of you. We have got Kristen, John, and Brittany here. Hi, guys. Hello. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, who wants it? We're going to talk today about relationship goals for 2023. And you all know that I'm a big fan of goals. I love making goals. I love trying to keep goals. (laughs) sometimes with moderate success, but I I feel like I'm a pretty good goal getter. Um, but relationship goals, this is a good one. John and I were talking about this. He had the idea of like, what does it look like to make actual relationship goals and not, you know, I think we love goals that we can just write on a piece of paper and check off. And it's tricky because relationship goals don't always only involve you. And I always say, because I'm super judgy about goals, you cannot have a goal unless you are in complete control of it. Okay, so you don't say my goal for this year is to get married, because hello, you unilaterally cannot make that happen. (laughs) That said, we're still going to talk about some relationship goals, because there are some things that we have the power to accomplish in various relationships. And so I kind of want to talk start out by asking, looking back on the previous year now, What would you say was maybe a highlight for you, socially speaking, or in a relationship that you had? Something that you were like, this was winning. I'm excited about this. For me, it was definitely getting plugged into a church that was multi-generational. All throughout college, I really wanted um, just community that was not just people my age. And the church I'm in now, my best friends are 15 years old and 73 and 58. And it's just a huge blessing it obvious that it was from the Lord. So getting plugged in there and creating those friendships and relationships has been just a huge encouragement. So no, that's great. Getting mm-hmm. a good church is a huge win. That's like a man, that's an awesome thing to have. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what about you, John? I've learned to have more conversations about faith with non-Christians this year. Yeah. And that's been a lot of fun because in the past I've had some friends who were not Christian, but I didn't really go there as far as how to actually talk to them about God, what our beliefs are, what we would say is the word of God Mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. But this year I've actually had a lot of those conversations and it's pushed me way outside my comfort zone in a really good way though, because it's challenged me to say, how do I know what I really believe is true? And so that's um, certainly pushed me off the uh, proverbial cliff when it Mm -hmm. comes to comfort a few times, Mm -hmm. but it's also helped me to grow and trust God more through that process. Well, and I feel like a big factor for you has been setting aside the time and the energy to make that happen. You've been Mm -hmm. intentional about it. It's not just like, oh, I'm walking down the street. Maybe I'll just try to strike up a conversation. But you've actually been like, this is something I want to make a priority, which is, Mm -hmm. is cool. All right, Brittany. I moved out to Colorado in 2021 
towards the end of the year. So mm. 2022, my goal was to just put myself out there and just try to build relationships at work and church and all the above, even coffee shops, just, oh, you look like you're around my age. Like, <laughs> want to get a coffee? Oh, you're working at the coffee place. Maybe not now, you know, like just mm-hmm. putting myself out there in any way that I could. Um, I feel like it can be awkward and I feel like I'm a decently outgoing person, but that doesn't mean that it's easy to just go make friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually pretty shy meeting new people right off the bat. And so that definitely was a goal of mine. And I think I have, for the most part, accomplished it. I have a community here now in church and work and I feel like it's been very life-giving and I'm mm-hmm. very thankful for that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think mine or one of mine came through um, deciding to serve in a different capacity in my church and joining our women's ministry leadership team, which has opened up to me some new friendships cross-generationally that have been really good. And, you know, it's easy for me to think, oh, I'm so busy and I work and then I've got already got these friends. I don't have, quote unquote, time or energy or capacity to add more friendships. But I feel like as long as I keep my expectations in check and kind of think like, I'm not going to be everyone's friend at the same level, then it's great to just see where it goes and to get to know women just kind of, you know, on the fly, but also being a little intentional about it and serving alongside them. I think that's been really good. All right. Well, because we're all adults, we also have to, you know, look objectively at the way we show up in relationships. So I would love to ask, what would you say, you know, if you think of like social strengths that you have or a social strength, what would be a big one for you? And what is maybe an area socially that you could use some growth in? (laughs) This question is hard for me. So I asked for (laughs) feedback (laughs) (laughs) from friends and coworkers. So um, I'll now kind of summarize what they said. I think strength is um, boldness or fearlessness and steadfastness in relationships. So I will go out of my way to do things for people, even if it's inconvenient, or go out of my way to, mm, I don't know, correct people. I don't think that that's the right word, but um, (laughs) share the gospel and Mm -hmm. um, be honest in those conversations. But I think that on my less sanctified days... um, (laughs) Just kidding. We're already sanctified in Christ, but it's still it's still a process. Um, but it can come off as really stubborn and lacking empathy and um, like not listening to the other person. So I feel like mine's a it's a both and. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Strength would be one-on-one conversations. I love to go in depth mm-hmm. when I'm talking with people. I love to. If I'm feeling comfortable in the conversation, I love to ask really difficult questions and then have them reciprocate that. Mm -hmm. And we just go really in depth and, hey, how can I really be praying for you as opposed to, hey, is there a casual way I can pray for you? No, I want to I want to know the real request Mm -hmm. (laughs) type of thing. But uh, weakness parties. (laughs) <laughs> I, I really, man, I, I, it's an area that I need to grow in for this year because <laughs> parties can be a lot of fun, but I will mentally check out in a heartbeat because mm-hmm. it'll start to feel like, um, this person's having a conversation over there and this group's meeting over there. And I'm just kind of sitting off in the corner alone with my thoughts. Yeah. Especially big parties where it's oh, just like sure. a big old mixer or something that mm-hmm. is super hard. Sometimes that can be rough. All right, Brittany. Well, I think my strength is loyalty slash maintaining friendships. I have a lot of friends from my childhood, and now we all live different places, 
And even from college, you know, everyone is located elsewhere. <laughs> so I think just maintaining and making an effort is definitely one of my strengths. I think one of my weaknesses is kind of what you were talking about earlier, having to do with expectations. I kind of expect my friends to be everything hmm. and not everyone can be everything. <laughs> like you can't be my funniest friend and my nicest <laughs> friend and my most helpful friend and my, you know, so kind of just, I need to realize that everyone has a role and everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses just like I do. But I struggle with setting unrealistic expectations on my friends. Yeah, that's good. I think for me, it's, um, Possibly not like a complete opposite of John, but I see some vestiges of this. Like I do very well in groups, specifically in being the person that like I can't stand being at a party and seeing someone not included. So mm -hmm. I'm the one who will go over and start a conversation with someone or find a way to enfold someone. I tend to notice people who aren't participating or um, included or whatever. So I feel like that's a strength. And I can pretty much talk to anyone about anything. I can find some kind of connection with everyone. I struggle more on a one-on-one -on -one basis in not being, this sounds so bad, but like I can trend towards getting too tactical or too mm. utilitarian instead of really getting into the heart, the emotion, the empathy for someone's situation. Um, I can be a classic fixer, especially with um, struggles and stuff like that. So mm. I think sometimes I can come off as being like insensitive and not a good listener. Um, mm. Even working on listening skills, oh my goodness, mm. like... That's been something I worked on last year and still have a lot of work to go on that. So so that said, I mean, is there something where socially someone has kind of had to call you out on something or been like, well, clearly Kristen, because she just asked for feedback from people. So they're going to be like, well, we'll get back to you in a few days after we've built our list or whatever. I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid to even ask my friends. But um but anything where you feel like, oh, man, this had to become a point of growth for me because I realized maybe you thought you were doing something well and it turned out like, nope, no one's experiencing you in that way. Mine is in relation to expectations. A few months ago, I was struggling with a friend who's in nursing school and she's super busy and is, you know, doesn't have a lot of time to chat on the phone for hours or take trips. And I was just feeling like she did not care anymore. I was always making the effort. And I felt like I understood her situation. And I felt like I was being patient and understanding. But she definitely told me I was not. And that whenever we actually would talk on the phone, it would like begin with a mini guilt trip of like, oh, like, haha, you didn't call me. Like, that hurt my feelings. Like, you know, so kind of not necessarily passive aggressive, but just kind of starting it on a negative note, like shaming her for not reaching out. And I realized I did just have to accept that she is busy and not be upset about it because I know she cares about me. Mm -hmm. So she definitely did uh, call me out for that, which what I wasn't going looking for feedback. I do mm -hmm. tend to look for feedback, but that was... um. <laughs> All on the fly. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. It just came came to her. Okay. I mentioned earlier that I'm trying to get better in groups. That's actually um, had kind of a funny situation happen not too long ago where me and some of the church staff that I serve along with, 
we were in a group huddle and we just so happened to be praying at the same time that the church band was in their rehearsal session. (laughs) So it was a little loud where we were Mm because we were in the hallway next to the auditorium. And, um, this particular morning I started praying in front of the group and I was praying a little too soft to where nobody could hear me. Mm -hmm. And one of the church staff members pulled me aside afterwards and said, Hey, I just want you to know when you're in a group and you're talking, you are the person leading if you're talking. Mm -hmm. So think of yourself that way. And the line he said to me that really stuck with me was, you may have very well been praying to Satan, and I could not have heard a word you said, and I I had no reason to say amen to your prayer, because I was on the other side of the group and couldn't hear a word you said, except the fact that you were talking and mumbling words out. Oh, my word. Okay, and, I feel like it's a little excessive to bring Satan into this, but okay, I guess he got his point across. He sure did, but what was really cool is the next week I prayed in front of that same group, and um, I tried to be a little more loud this time, and he came up to me afterwards and said, hey, good job. So that really meant a lot that he circled back and gave me some positive feedback on the other end. But um, the big takeaway I had from that was when you're talking in front of the group, make sure everybody can hear you. Mm -hmm. So don't just assume everybody can hear you because the thoughts are so loud in your head. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. I've had several friends approach me and say, if you're annoyed, you need to tell me. Okay. <laughs> um, because apparently if I am annoyed with somebody or a little bit upset, I will do a lot of deep self-reflective thinking and then I'm really quiet, which is not typical. <laughs> and so then it has started showing. So I need to get better at um, processing disappointment or frustration in a relationship in a way that doesn't make them feel bad. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's something I really need to work on, and that's feedback I've gotten several times and in different years. So yeah. I have not put in the effort that I, <laughs> well, that I need to. But. And that just really touches on the whole aspect of something that I think is hard for everyone, and that is kind of moving that relationship ball like through hard conversations mm-hmm. and being willing to step up and say something hard if mm-hmm. it's corrective or whether mm-hmm. it's just a you know something that's hard news for someone or something i mean it is we want to shy away from that and you can't really move further in friendship without mm-hmm. being willing to be that honest yeah. reflective voice in that sense mm-hmm. so okay all right well i want to tread into a little bit here into romantic relationships so Whether or not you are dating, I mean, like I said on the front end, we can't just say like, oh, here's what's going to happen in my love life this year because other people have to be involved. Um, But that said, how do you manage expectations around that? I know, Brittany, you are dating. Um, Do you have like a timeline in your head where it's like by April 17th of this year, this is going to happen or this is not going to happen? And then those of us who are single... Like, how do you process expectations of knowing that another year will come and will eventually go? What does it look like as we focus on what we have control over versus what we don't? Control is definitely a sensitive topic with me because I, (laughs) (laughs) in short, I like having it. Um, And I am in a relationship. And so not having the control of proposing has been a little difficult for me because I know I'm getting engaged soon, but I'm not in control of it. And so patience is something that I have really been working on recently. Um, I think it's easy to set expectations. It's hard not to and to just 
mm-hmm. let things be with timing, with how things are done and all of that. And so that's definitely as we go into the wedding planning period and all of that, I will be working on being a little more chill and not <laughs> setting super high expectations on things. Mm-hmm. Um because I am a little nitpicky with that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, how are you finding yourself like, are you prone to manipulate conversations or like to try to elicit like the response you want or the assumption of timelines or how things are going to go down? Like, um, I wouldn't necessarily say I manipulate the conversation, but I do try to figure it out Mm. so investigation yes and and that's like that's a good uh positive (laughs) um yeah investigation but not where i'm just flat out asking like okay when is it going to happen or oh this you know I just more so pick up on clues and keep them to myself. And then one day I'll be like, well, I know you're proposing on December 26th. Like, (laughs) you know, and they're like, okay, like this is too much. Like, (laughs) like they ask the reasoning and I have like a list of 10 things. Yeah. I was going to say, and then you slide them your like five page paper on like how the details should look of. Yeah. Yes. So lots of internal thinking for sure. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. All right singletons uh those are what what does this look like for us my dad and i were having a really good conversation recently and he was really just challenging me are you becoming the best version of yourself was the question that he kept asking and um i've had to really kind of turn it over in my head a lot it's become more of an accountability question Mm -hmm. um in a really cool way um one area that i'm working on right now is my own physical fitness Mm -hmm. and last year i started to get a little bit out of shape and i realized wait a minute this is an area i can rein in and so i'm going to the gym more now watching more of what i eat and things like that and then i think as far as having hope It's good to have hope, for sure. Hope can be a wonderful motivator for things Mm -hmm. like dating, but at the same time, I can't let it consume my life to where I'm not living life until another person comes Mm -hmm. and or a potential romantic partner comes that I could date. I shouldn't wait to live life. There's wonderful opportunities, sometimes just even outside my front door, Mm -hmm. whether it's volunteering at my local church, whether it's going on hikes during the summertime, or whether it's... um, watching sports events and texting my grandmother about it on the weekend. That's one of my favorite things to do uh, doing (laughs) during uh, racing season, huge Mm -hmm. NASCAR fan. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but just taking advantage of the opportunities God's given me right now. Mm -hmm. That's great. Hmm. My kind of mantra right now has been marriage is not a commandment, but the great commission is. And so my main pursuit and my main goal should always be for the kingdom. And hopefully as I do become more mature in Christ and in my faith, then that's not a deterrent to people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I mean, my hope is in Christ. It's not in the blessings of this world. And so I think that's kind of where I've landed at for this season. I'm sure that as I get older, if I stay single, then that'll get harder to to (laughs) find my comfort in. But um, yeah. And then also all the women at my church are like, do you want to date my son? <laughs> well, I have, a, I have a grandson. Well, what about... And so I just feel I don't have to worry about it because a lot of other people are <laughs> on my behalf. So that also helps relieve some of the 
some of the pressure. That's good. That reminds me of um, a few weeks ago, we published at Boundless a blog post by blogger Lauren Dunn titled, I Wasn't Born to Be a Mom. Mm. And the whole point in it is, you know, she was holding someone's baby at church and the woman said, oh, you were just born to be a mom. And she really wants to be married and be a mom. And But it was really her realizing that no, that's not what she was born for. She was born to glorify God mm-hmm. and to point to him. And it's not dependent upon a relationship status or something that she attains or something. And so the idea of like, she can't get her identity in something that she greatly desires, even if it's a good thing, it's still something that's a lesser thing to being who God has called her to be. And mm-hmm. so that's a great perspective to have in, in as we process, like, what do I have control over and what don't I have control over and how can I trust God with the outcomes of where I am. And so, yeah, I just thought that was a a great piece um, by Lauren Dunn. Y'all can look it up. So, um, okay. So what, like, if someone's like, okay, what does a relationship goal look like for me in 2023? What advice would you give them? Like, how do we appropriately go after relationships and be more relational and grow in those areas without getting super weird about it you know so we can't just walk up to every person on the street and be like will you be my friend and be all like weird (laughs) and desperate you know but we can make strides in becoming kind of that person and going deeper in relationships so what would be your advice i've done something it might sound weird but i do make relationship goals as part of just my general yearly goals two years ago my goal was to be more intentional and So what I did was I practically just made a weekly or like in my monthly calendar twice a week, I would put be intentional and I would choose when the day came or maybe I'd see it coming up on the calendar like, oh, am I going to write a letter to someone? Am I going to call someone? And then I kind of it kind of ended up just becoming a okay, like, oh, I'm going to call my grandma every other Tuesday and I'm going to call this person or text this person and keep up with them or plan a coffee date with them. And so I kind of have kept doing that as the years have gone on. And it's kind of like a well-oiled machine now where at least twice a week, I know I'm doing something to uphold relationships in my life. Yeah, that's great to just write it down and have it part of your working day almost Mm -hmm. like have it as an appointment on your calendar. That's Mm -hmm. great. Something I've benefited greatly from is just looking at people at my church who maybe are excellent in certain areas, and I really want to become more like them. And just offering to take them to coffee or take them out to lunch has been huge. Um, I'm even reaching out to a friend right now who has a background with a group that I'm trying to evangelize to. Um, She came from a certain background, and so I'm planning to have lunch with her soon. Mm -hmm. So it has been um, just wonderful to reach out and find how other people think. And I have found that a lot of my goals really come from just having real conversations with people who are good in an area that I need development in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. I definitely agree with the intentional portion of it. I've been reflecting a lot as I've been leading, helping lead the girls in the youth group at my church on what my leaders did and how intentional they were and circling back around to them, like kind of asking for expertise. These are things that you did really well. How did you guys make that work? Um, So definitely being intentional, asking for advice. But I think part of it too is this maybe circles back to my being annoyed and it comes off, but um, that 
we have to trust that the spirit knows what he is doing. Um, Because I think a lot of times relational difficulties come in conflict and that it's just interesting to see the way that the spirit convicts people of something that he's not convicting you of, or he's convicting you of something that he's not convicting someone else of. And we have to trust him that he is sanctifying everybody who has him um, in his time. So I think that's a healthy reminder for me that I might be annoyed with this person because something, I see a fault in them and it's affecting our relationship, but I have to trust that God knows what he's doing and he's going to continue to work in them. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that's so good. I think that's one of, one of mine, Kristen, you made me think of it, is especially in relationships that could trend towards um, conflict or situations that could be conflict, to actively always give everyone the benefit of the doubt and mm-hmm. to be generous in spirit towards people of not judging motive, not telling some long drawn out story that I've played up in my head that mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's true and making assumptions about what people are thinking. I think that's a great way. And then in doing that, I think also because it's so easy for me to think that the way I act and the way I think is is normal and the way everyone does is to actively go after some feedback from people mm-hmm. who are trusted Absolutely. and just say, how when I'm with you, how do I show up? What does it look mm-hmm. like to be my friend? What does it look like to have me engage with you or listen to you or whatever and be ready to hear responses, give them a safe place to respond. And so I think that would be helpful. But man, you guys, thank you so much. I think this is super encouraging. I look forward to walking through this year with all y'all. Maybe we can uh, follow up with each other later on this year and see how, how this is going. And <laughs> yes, uh, accountability. <laughs> and see, we'll get, we'll get Brittany's list about her relationship and whether, you know, what she's controlled about it. I don't know. This is going to be questionable. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But thanks, you guys, so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you, Lisa. everyone. Here we are for this week's culture segment on The Boundless Show. And uh, I get to welcome a friend who I met some months ago, uh, last year, actually, because we're now in 2023, if you can even believe it. Uh, <laughs> so it is uh, very fun to welcome to The Boundless Show, Janine Amapola. Hey, Janine. Hi, thank you for having me back on and hearing you say 2023 is terrifying. Yeah, I know. uh, Here we are. (laughs) Here we are. And so, um, but it's always, it's kind of like I often tell people, it's funny, especially when we talk about relational topics. I've been doing this show for so long that I tend to think, surely we've said everything there is to say on this topic. But then I meet a new friend or I hear someone uh, who's walked through something and I'm like, oh, man, okay, now we got to 
talk about this. And so um, today, weirdly, we're going to talk about the the subject of relationships, but specifically breakups and recovering from a breakup. And I know all of you listening, if you think that's a big downer, just hang with us because uh, we're going to be encouraging in the midst of this. And so, um, Janine, I want to kick it off by referencing a video that you posted actually a few years ago now, back at the end of 2019, and you titled it Life Update where I've been, and healing from heartbreak. And in it, you were really honest about a recent breakup that you had gone through. And I'm kind of wondering, like, I mean, you got, you were pretty emotional um, during the course of this and being very honest with your followers and stuff. Um, Were you surprised by how hard the breakup hit you and how you were affected by it? Yeah, well, I, man, that, that breakup feels like honestly forever ago. So I, like, I had to like rethink about like, which one was that? But yes, I, I remember the video you're talking about now. Um, honestly, yes, I was. Um, I realized looking back on that relationship, how important boundaries are in pace and dating well and ending well and leaving people better than you found them. And I think, that was the type of relationship that did none of those, unfortunately. And because I didn't do those and the person, you know, I was dating at that time, I don't think he did that well either. And probably in conjunction, we just didn't do that well. Um, it did make the breakup way harder than it needed to be. Um, I've had a couple breakups where I've broken up with people or they've broken up with me. So I've experienced both ends of the stick. And um, I've seen now looking back, the difference between that breakup versus a one one that I had probably six months ago now and the major contrast between the two of how to break up well, how to do that well. And man, like my healing process was exponentially quicker, which just goes to show like you're you're really only as healthy as the relationship was or how the person handles it with you. And so um, I'm really thankful for healing and the last person I dated and how they did that. But the one from 2019, that was probably one of the the worst breakups, I guess you could say at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had some pretty bad ones, too. And I do want to say um, by word of introduction, because some people totally know who you are. They follow you. Um, but your show, um, you actually have the Happy and Healthy podcast um, and tons of followers as a, a speaker. You know, you host the podcast. You're a content creator and influencer. And uh, so you are I mean, as you are saying this, you are you kind of have lived out a few things like kind of in front of your audience in a way, which is kind of an awkward place to be sometimes. And so I think it is great, even for those who have followed you for a while, to be able to see that growth in you and be hopeful for it, even in themselves. So um, so I think that's a great example for folks as they walk through that. Now, what would you say, like, for example, what would you say if you were talking to your 2019 self and that, that breakup was horrible, and I feel like I'm raising my hand here because like, yeah, I've had a couple of those. <laughs> um, yeah. What would you say, like just kind of the the first off advice that you think of that was so night and day between the one you went through recently and the one you went through in the past? Um, what was kind of the biggest factor of change? Yeah, I would 100% say boundaries. Um, and that's not necessarily, unfortunately, that's not really re- revolving in the 
in the breakup process, that's more involving involving the actual relationship. Mm-hmm. And I really think it matters on the person you date. And so I would say in the last relationship, the 2019 one, um, there just weren't very many boundaries. You know, we said, I love you quickly. And it was moving so fast. And started talking about marriage. And my heart started just crossing all these emotional boundaries with him and spiritually. And I put this person on a pedestal. And I did everything and anything for this person. And um, just really thought, like, we're going to get married because he told me very, very early on, I love you, I want to marry you, I'm going to buy you a ring in November. And so everything was just so quick, and it was not a lot of wisdom involved, not a lot of people really speaking into it, which I really look back being like, probably should have had more people being like, that's not a good idea. And I even did have someone um, give me some advice, and I didn't listen, and I really wish I did because it was so spot on, but at the time I just couldn't see it. And so in this relationship that I um, recently went through in 2022, uh, we did have very, very good boundaries all around physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, just all sorts of boundaries. And so when we did break up, it didn't feel like this ripping, like there was this Band-Aid or there was this soul tie or this attachment. It just felt like this sucks and I'm really disappointed and I'm pretty sad about it. And I really did think you and I could be married, but it wasn't the end of the world. I didn't give this man my heart. I didn't make him my end-all, be-all. He was not my God. Uh, We never even said, I love you. We never even said 100%, we are going to get married. And we did for a year, Mm -hmm. which is quite a bit of time. Um, And we just, I feel like he just dated, he dated me very well, very intentionally with clarity, with kindness, even the way he went about ending things with me. He was very clear on that. He drove up to see me, did it in such a respectful way. Uh, this, These are the reasons why I love dating you, and these are the reasons why I don't see this working out. I'm going to let you know that I am going to have to unfollow you on Instagram. I don't ever see this moving forward again. And it was just very, very clear to where it didn't leave room for confusion or me being like, so are you going to come back or why? What's the real reason? Like, are you just hiding something from me? And after we broke up, it was like a cold turkey cutoff, which can be more painful, but in the long run, it is the best, healthiest thing you can do. And I would say in that breakup of 2019, um, there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of still talking on Instagram and DMing each other and him seeing these other people and me seeing him with other people. And it just made it so blurry, so messy And it didn't help me move on for, honestly, a year after the breakup. And so the breakup did not need to, you know, or the breakup pain did not need to last that long. But it was because we didn't make it, you know, this clear boundary of, like, we are not talking anymore. I respect you. It was just so much back and forth. And it was just really, really messy. So I feel like there's a right and a wrong way to break up and, and do that. And I feel like this last recent one was the right way to do it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I I know I often say, I might have even said it when I was on your show, that, um, and it's so counterintuitive because our culture tells us differently. Even in the church, we tell this weird script. But I'm like, you know, you can date with intention and with a mind to like, okay, this relationship is different than just a, a friend from church or whatever. But really, as far as your heart goes and as far as those boundaries stand, this person, until a ring is on the finger, is a brother or a sister in Christ. And 
and that is really it. There is no status change. There's no difference. And it's very hard for us to get our heads in that space because we want to be all in. We want there to be, you know, the warm feelings and all that. And, you know, there can be, and you can see the potential for that. But at the same time, you have to realize, man, if this thing doesn't work out, can I still be in the same small group with this person? Can I still go to the same church? And, you know, if you don't think you can, then that is a boundary question and a boundary issue. And so I like the way that you laid that out as far as a practical uh, example of that. Now, you did, uh, Janine, reference community, and I want to talk about that a little bit. How much really did having community around you help both when you were dealing with, you know, the emotions that came with a breakup? And then how have you done community differently for this more recent relationship? Because I think exactly what you said is true, that we tend to just shut everyone else out and stare into this person's eyes. And we just become like very insular in the way we're doing a relationship. So what kind of permission did you give people in your relationship and in your life at that time? Yeah, I think back then um, I was still just a little bit unhealthy. I had a lot of codependency issues. And so um, it's exactly what you were saying. Like you just kind of do everything and anything and they become like kind of your world. And so I didn't really want people to tell me like, oh, this isn't a good thing. And a lot of people actually really liked that boyfriend. They were just trying to help me and guide me and give me correction. And I just didn't want to be out of the infatuation stage. I didn't want to be told like this isn't wise because I was like no like I'm in love and he's in love too and like you can't tell me otherwise like you don't know and so I think now going forward I have given my friends so much permission I've told them from the very beginning like this is who I'm going on a date with this is what that looks like these are my physical boundaries you're allowed to ask me at absolutely any point about my physical boundaries of what him and I are doing we want to be completely honest we want to live in the light Um, And then I bring that person around my friends as well. Like when I start to feel comfortable to bring them around them, I want them to watch the person as well, because sometimes there's so many things that you just can't see on your own. You're so blinded by love. You think this guy holds the moon or the girl and you just can't see it. And so I think it's super important to continually have conversation with your friends. Like I did this with my roommate with this last relationship. I would constantly be like, do you say something that I don't see? And she would say things that would honestly kind of hurt because I'd be like, no, like that's, that's not true. But then when I really sat back and thought about it, I was like, dang it, like she's right. And I'm really glad that I did that because it did help me instead of it all becoming such a shock at the end when there was a breakup, I was processing that through throughout the entire relationship. It wasn't something I was denying. It wasn't something that I was like, no, like, this is the reality of what, you know, this is the opposite of the reality of what you're saying, but it was something I was continually questioning and even discussing with my partner in the relationship. So nothing was too, too much of a surprise when we did break up because they were things I'd mentioned throughout the whole relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what would you say, like for that person who maybe has navigated a recent breakup, I've shared on my show, I was actually dumped twice on Christmas Eve, if you can believe it. I mean, like, what are the no. odds? What are the odds? I mean, honestly, like, does that it's like lightning? Does that happen twice to someone? Oh, yeah, it did to me. Um, So they might be <laughs> fearful, you know, and a lot of a lot of people break up before the holidays because they don't want the drama. They don't want to introduce someone to their family. They don't want to buy them a gift or whatever. What are some of your best tips? 
tips for just soldiering a breakup itself? Because even if you're doing it healthily, it's still rough and it's still a loss and it's still a grief. Um, So what would you say has really helped you in the process of walking through that? Yeah, I mean, I wish we had a little bit more time because this is quite a lengthy thing. But I mean, definitely number one, like, I just feel like you have to let yourself feel it. Like, it sucks because instantly what you want to do is you want to run, you want to hide, you want to numb, you want to just cope as best as you can. And I just want to encourage people, like, please don't do that. Like, don't run to another person or a dating app or immediately posting that you're single online or whatever because you're just trying to to find a gratification for that pain. And instead, like, run to the Lord, run to your people, run back to your family Um, And that's kind of what I did is I just tried to let myself feel it. One of my friends um, told me after this most recent breakup, she's like, Jay, like, I want you to fully feel everything. Let yourself feel that. That way when you are, you know, in another relationship or you're in a marriage, like you've already processed all the emotions and all the feelings. So she's like, I know that it's not fun, but ask the Lord to show you what feelings do I need to feel? What are things that I need to go through? And it's, it's really, really painful. It's like that wound that you just keep touching and you keep poking at. But eventually it's going to heal and it won't hurt as much because you've really given it time. You've addressed the wound. You've put the new, the, uh, new sporin on it, all the things. But it does take some time. And so I feel like people want to really rush that healing process when sometimes it just might take a year or, unfortunately, maybe two but usually that healing process takes almost the same amount of time as the length of the relationship was. And that's depending on how well you guys dated. But um, I just say, like, really, really go through it and feel it and journal through every single emotion. Journal as to why it worked, why the relationship didn't work, what were things you liked about the person, things that you didn't like about the person. And then I think something that we could be so quick to do is we can always point fingers at the person. We're like, it was all their fault. It was all him. And he did, and he's toxic. And we can start putting all these labels on the person and blame shifting and talking bad about them. But I think there's so many things that we need to point the fingers back to ourselves and be like, where was my fault in this? What did I do in this? Like i definitely wasn't perfect. So see where you can grow and where maybe you need to have some refinement in your life. And then, Maybe look at the person and be thankful for certain things. What are things that you liked about that person? And what do you maybe want in the next person going forward that that person had? Because obviously you dated them for a reason, you know. And so I'd say, um, yeah, just kind of really reflecting on the relationship. And then I would say having your own boundaries within social media and communication. So I would say cut off communication, unfollow them if you need to, or mute their account, block their account. Um, That's what I did, and it was the healthiest thing. It doesn't mean that you're being rude to the person or nasty. That's just putting up a boundary and a safety wall for yourself. And I just think it's super, super healthy to do. You can even tell the person what you're breaking up. Like this is literally what my ex and I did in this most recent breakup is we were like, Hey, out of respect for you and for what I need to do to myself, I'm going to unfollow you. So we like let each other know that. Um, So I'd say just kind of stop looking at the pictures, stop listening to the old songs, and then just run back to the Lord and, just say, God, you know, this really, really hurts. But it says in Psalm 34, like, he is near the brokenhearted, and that is a promise. And so run back to him, journal and pray, and get involved in a church, get involved in your community, and find ways to kind of keep you busy. And so that could look like journaling, serving at church, being with your friends, finding a new hobby, stuff like that. 
um, instead of just, you know, trying to find a person to pass the time by or cope with, find other things to pass the time with that are more healthy or sustainable or beneficial for you. And I would say um, there's so many other points I have, but I'm just trying to condense it. Um, just lastly, what I would say is remembering that your identity is not the relationship. Your identity is not in the marriage. It's not in whether you married this person or not. It is first and foremost in realizing that your identity comes from Christ. It is not in the person. It is solely as a daughter or son of the king. And that is where you first and foremost get the independence from and the security from. It does not come from another person, whether they're in your life or out of your life. Yeah, so true. Uh, yeah, so true. Um, now, what I know you also talk a little bit about the power of forgiveness in walking away from a relationship. And it's easy for us to look at a relationship and say, um, okay, well, what I want to do is in order to get this quote unquote closure, I want to make sure that all blame has been assigned. I want to make sure that this person knows how they hurt me. I want to make sure that they understand like how this went down. And, you know, obviously with two relatively healthy people, you probably can have a conversation and hopefully move past some stuff. But what does it look like maybe when this person just completely like ghosts you or there's someone that's just like, nope, you're a mess and I don't care. And they're dating someone within a week again or whatever. How do you actually toss that over to the Lord and really uh, how are you able to settle that in your own heart in a sense of forgiving and moving on? Yeah, I think that's a great question, and I do think that that comes with time. Like, I wouldn't recommend anyone to do anything out of emotion or impulse, especially when you're very heated and you're angry and you're upset and you are bitter. That's what I would say, like, put the phone down, pick up, you know, the journal instead, or call with someone else and process the feelings first with them and get to a place where you feel healthy and level-headed, and then you can reach out. And if this person is just not willing to listen or they don't care or they're like, screw you. In my opinion, it's like you do the best that you can do. Take ownership for what you can do and do your part. So even if they don't respond, that's okay. Like write your letter, write it, write it with kindness, share with them how you feel, have a friend read it or two friends read it and make sure that they're, they give you the green light. And I love that you even mentioned, like, hopefully the person is healthy as well, because I think that is very, very possible. But if they're not or if they don't have a conversation, um, I feel like there's other two ways you could go. If you really feel like you need to send it, give it some time and have some forgiveness in your heart. And then when she's like you're in a good space, then you can send it out. And be okay if the person never responds or if um, they maybe lash out at you. It's more for you to get that off of your chest and to have forgiven them in your own heart versus actually having them say, like, yes, I forgive you or I'm sorry. Because sometimes you never even get the sorry from the person. And I think forgiveness is still being willing to forgive them, even if you never get a sorry back. And so I think that's one way is just giving it some time and sending it out eventually. Or I feel like sometimes you could you won't get closure and that really, really stinks, but you kind of have to be okay with that because the relationship ending and, and maybe the way that it ended should be your closure enough as is. And so if the relationship was pretty unhealthy and you have your, you want to say your piece and you're so angry and you just want to get a sorry from them, sometimes it's just not even worth it. Like it's sometimes not worth it to reopen the wound. And I think only you can assess that. Only you can really decide if it's worth reopening or not, especially if you've already gone down the healing journey pretty well and you've done a great job. 
you need to decide in your own heart, is it really worth reopening that wound? So sometimes the breakup is your closure. That relationship ending is your closure. And the best thing you can do is forgive them with the Lord and, and just give them over to the Lord and say, God, I'm upset and I'm hurt, but this is your child. Like you will deal with them on your own. It doesn't, I don't need to do anything for them to get justice or to be repaid. Like God, you will repay that if the person has hurt me. And so surrendering that to the Lord and just saying, God, it stinks, but I still forgive them. And that might come with time, but once you get there, it is the sweetest, sweetest thing ever. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Final uh, question kind of here in our last minute or so. Um, obviously, we just came out of the holidays, starting a new year. Probably we have friends who got engaged over Christmas or at New Year's or whatever. How do we still stay focused on uh, trusting God with our own futures when we're seeing the happiness of everyone around us without getting crazy jealous or um, descending into a funk about the, the state of our own relationship status? Yeah, great question. Um, I feel like you just kind of have to look at life and be like, just because that person got a yes doesn't mean that that's a no for me. I feel like we all think that there's a, this scarcity. There's like this scarcity mindset or that there's limited supply. And I'm just like, that, that's just not true. And so I feel like you just got to be the friend that someone needs. Be the friend that you're looking for. Like, be supportive. And I've had to walk through that so much this past year, people getting the dream that I want over and over and over but that doesn't mean that God is withholding from me or that God's disappointed or that he's like trying to, you know, take away from me because of something I've done. I just want to be the best friend that I can be in that time, even though it is so hard, because I know that by me being a good friend to them, that one day that will come back to me. And you're not doing it just because of that. But I just feel like I don't want to be the friend that, that makes someone feel like I'm insecure or jealous around them. I want to support my friends as best as possible and believe that the Lord still has good things for me regardless of my relationship status and believing that he wants the best for me and the best is going to take some time. And so trusting the process and trusting God in that process and knowing like, God, if, if it's taking this long, it, it must be something really, really good. Hmm. So true. Yeah. Okay, folks. Well, um, we have been talking with Janine Amapola, and uh, she is the host of the Happy and Healthy podcast. And we're going to have links to that. Um, if you go to boundless.org, search for 779. That's this week's episode. And you'll see the links there. So you can check out her show and what she's talking about and how she encourages uh, listeners and uh, readers and others in her sphere. And uh, hopefully you will uh, you'll benefit from that and maybe make a new friend in the process. So Janine, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. That was so fun. I hope this helps some people out.
Well, hey, folks, we are opening up this week's inbox for our first inbox of the new year. And I have got counselor Jenny Coffee here. Hey, Jenny. Hi. Woo -woo. How's your new year going so far? Just wonderfully. <laughs> yes. It's, it's I always be off better. to a good start always. when it's only a few days yes, in. Yes, right. But uh, we'll see how we do, you know, in the next couple of months. That's right. But, yeah. Um, well, this is a fun question. This is a great question because it is a common question, and I think it'll be good for you to get a take on this. Our listener says, if you go on a first date and don't like the person by the end, but then they start trying to plan the next date... How do you say you're not interested in a second? My internal motto has always been, if someone is a Christian, I'll give him a chance and go on one date. So bottom line, I'm giving him a shot for one date, but I'm trying to find a kind way to say no for the second. There's, a, I, I want to give a small, I guess it's not a disclaimer, but there's a part of me, like if she's already saying she doesn't want to go to the second date, I don't know if she needs to spend time going to the first, <laughs> but I get her motto. I think that's a good thing, but it sounds like she's kind of already got her mind made up. I do not envy this situation, to say the least. I mean, this is so difficult because it's going to be, I don't know how you could make it less awkward, mm -hmm. but I also don't think either ghosting or a lack of honesty is going to serve you in the long run anyway. So as maybe sad and unhelpful as this is, sometimes I think you just have to swallow it and be honest in the moment. That doesn't mean you have to be mean, mm -hmm. but like carrying this along or just saying, oh, well, I'll text you and then ghosting or saying it over text. I just, I think there's something not that there's a lack of integrity not to do that. I just think there's something for being assertive in the moment and being honest, it's going to feel uncomfortable and mm -hmm. he's probably going to feel embarrassed. But mm -hmm. she doesn't want to continue with it. She doesn't have to pretend to either. But yeah. it's t I mean, it's not an easy situation, yeah. to say the least. And it is hard because I, I feel like I and many of my friends have been in this kind of scenario where you can start letting your mind play tricks on you. Like, well, if I don't go on a second date, what if this is like my only chance right. at someone? Or what if this is – and I often say, in fact, I'll tell – maybe I've shared this on the show before. There's actually a section in my book, The Dating Manifesto, where – I actually script out specifically for women how to turn down a second date because women are so terrible at this. Yeah. Now, guys, you are terrible at some things, but I feel like women are more terrible at this. Um, being honest, because they don't want to hurt a guy's feelings. Mm -hmm. So they're going to say weird stuff like, I'm dating Jesus, <laughs> or can yeah. we just be friends? Can we... Mm. When it, you know, maybe I don't want to date you right now. And then the guy has hope that maybe yes. it'll happen in the future. And it's just like, you need to be honest and rip off the bandaid because guys want it straight, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting how, you know, what you're saying here, because I, now I will say caveat to that. I have interviewed many guests, um, you know, Dr. Henry Cloud being one of them. Hello, relationship expert who told me straight up his first date with his wife was so horrible. Yeah. They almost couldn't stand being in one another's presence, but they both gave it a second chance or maybe it was a third chance. And then all of a sudden something clicked and they're now married. So, okay. So I would say if you have the wherewithal to make it happen. Sometimes I think giving it a second chance can can be helpful. But if this person repulses you or you are terrified yeah. of them, hello, hard pass. Yeah, that is totally okay. Or even if you no one's obligated to go out with anyone. And so um, I always say you have to just decide, make your decision as to what you're going to do, but then you live with it, you yeah. know, and it is totally fine to move on and to say, no, just not interested or 
um, I often say a great way to say it is, you know, I really appreciate you asking me out and honoring me that way. I don't see this going anywhere, but thank you for your time and for thinking of me and whatever. And so it's kind of communicating like, no, literally don't see this going anywhere. But well, that's what dating is. I mean, there is a cost benefit analysis to it as weird as that is, because you're dealing with another human. But I mean, not that you have to have a spreadsheet. No, (laughs) no, please don't. But no, please. But there is a piece of it where it's like, if you sit back and they're checking enough boxes for you, big ones being value systems, things you guys have in common, but they're kind of quirky or you're not quite sure, like there doesn't seem to be the click. Those might be the ones where you're like, you know what, I'm going to give it a little bit of time because Mm -hmm. we do have so many of the foundational things in place. But I think we need to be careful not to get into maybe that like Christian mindset of settling either Mm -hmm. just because, oh, they're a Christian, that means I should be in love with them. And it's like, there's many, many Christian men out there that maybe you wouldn't be in the same situation. So there is kind of a balancing act to it. And it's it's interesting because there's part of me that wants to be like, don't overthink it. And then another part that's like, well, yeah. there is some intuitiveness and intellect involved as far as navigating yeah. what yeah. you want. Right. Because it's not like you have to go on a date and be like, oh, my goodness, I could totally marry this person. Right. It could just be like, I could have another conversation with this person yes. and it would be fine. I could mm-hmm. spend some time with this person. It would be fine. So then I would say, yeah, give it a give it another chance. But by no means, if you are like lying awake at night and just like, oh, my goodness, I have to go out on a second date. <laughs> not worth call it. it. No. <laughs> call it. All right. Well, good thoughts. Good thoughts. Um, folks, we are in the new year. Happy 2023, as I said on the front end of the show. Um, And I want to make sure that you know that we would love it if you would leave a review of The Boundless Show at Apple Podcasts. All of you new listeners, especially who have gotten into the show, maybe in the last few months or the last year, tell your friends and also hop over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, because that way so many new people will find out about the show and give it a chance. In the meantime, I will see you around next week. This is Lisa Anderson for The Boundless Show. The Boundless Show is a production of Boundless.org. Focus on the family.